Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonner Fide Radio, and we are back with another episode of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We're having these great conversations that we like to call Heart to Heart, where Pastor Heart Ramsey shares his heart about today's issues, life struggles, challenges, and more into your heart. And I hope you guys are gleaning so much from these conversations. I know I am. Pastor Heart, how are you, sir? Doing well. How are you doing, Gerard? I am doing great. So I want to lead this conversation off with another recent event that happened. You know, there, uh, of course, there was the confirmation of Betsy DeVos as Secretary of Education, which sent certainly a lot of people into a tailspin. And now, of course, they're looking at this confirmation uh, of the Attorney General uh, Sessions, Jeff Sessions. And I want to talk about what happened with Elizabeth Warren, because... To me, I don't think I've seen anything like this where you literally tell a female senator to sit down because she was reading this letter from Coretta Scott King uh, regarding what Sessions did when when he was up for you know a judgeship many years ago, about 30 years ago. What are your thoughts about this? Because I, I, I just – it disturbed me to say the least. What, what were your thoughts? Well, first of all um – when I saw, I actually saw it as it happened. Oh wow! And and I didn't get a sense of what was really happening at the time. And then when I when I realized what they had done, um, what it speaks to is this: you have the Republican Party. They are in. They really are in charge of the nation. They, they they're in charge of the of the Senate, yeah. of the House, of the White House. And so, really, what they know is. Every one of these nominees are going to get through. Right. So, so what they're doing is they're they're, they're um, being heavy handed. Um, I, I was appalled by it that that they they voted to silence. They silenced not only um, Elizabeth Warren, but they, they silenced Coretta Scott King from the grave. They, they silenced her. Absolutely. And, and and to me, it's they're saying basically they don't now again. That's a historical fact. What what Coretta wrote in her letter is it actually happened. Right. I live in Alabama. He's a senator from Alabama. It happened. Mm. And, and and the people in Alabama have not forgotten. Wow. So for her to not be allowed to bring it up means that um, they're saying, again, as the White House is saying, that facts don't matter. Mm. That's, that's that's a problem. And, and again, they're... There's a call now to, to those of us who are, who consider ourselves intercessors or, or people who are going to hold things accountable. We have to pray about this. We have to say, God, there has to be a way for us to uh, for us to contact you in prayer and have you at least if you can't stop them from doing this, at least keep the people out here unaffected by this this uh, desire and this movement to 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 change facts and, and to and to turn truth into lies and we have to there has to be a, a, a urgent call to the Christians 
who believe the Lord to pray and say, God, you know what? We cannot have the whole civilization uh, gaslighted because that's what right. it is. Right. Right. We, can, we can't have this. Yeah. And, and it's scary to me because, you know, when I look at her, she was also a big part of the women's march that happened the day after the inauguration. And she's really, from where I sit, becoming a leading figure in the country, right. uh, you know, to speak out on behalf of the disenfranchised and on behalf of those, you know, who are. You, who are misrepresented really by the government. And so I wonder if it's also a statement to, you know, to your point, to really establish the dominance of the Trump administration of Republicans to be able to say, no, we are in charge and we will squash anybody who isn't. That's exactly what it is. But of course, again, there's a heavy handed thing. And, and they actually found the lead of the commander in chief of sure. the president. That's the way he is. He's disrespectful. He, he sees obnoxious, everything about him. And, and, and I think they feel now empowered to do it because the American people, well, there's a contingency of the American people that are applauding that kind of rudeness, that kind of um, disrespect and dishonor. And, um, and I think what they've done though inadvertently is that they've, they've made um, Elizabeth Warren a star. Right. Because, because, um, not only did she, not only she vocal, but she handled their rebuke and their censure with grace. Yes. Um. She 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 was not stopped or deterred. She she stood outside of the lobby and in uh, the chamber. She read the the letter anyway. Sure did. And other people seen this, and I'll be honest with you. This is what I believe, Gerard. I believe that there are some uh, Republicans and 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 uh, people who didn't vote for um. For, for Clinton, people who are, are Republican, in the at least in their ideology, who are looking at this and going, okay, you know what? That's not right. Right. That's not the American way. Um, you, now you're being bullies. Mm-hmm. Now you're being bullies. And I, I think it's going to backfire. I, I just believe that in the end of all things, that truth pre- prevails. Yes. You know, someone said it to me, well, what happens when, when right doesn't win? And I was like, man, right always wins. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just takes longer. That's right. That's right. So let me ask you this question because you you, you just hinted at something and I kind of want to turn this corner. And that is that the nation and the the government officials are taking on the characteristic of their leader, the characteristics of their leader. So uh, to bring this home for people in talking about leadership, how important is the leadership style? Certainly, if we're talking not just about government, but, you know, a business, a church, how important is that? And how affected are the people that you're leading, by the way, and the leadership style that you employ? Well, you know, uh, this is a truth, a truism. And I'm going to speak to it from a pastoral standpoint. Um, people have come to my church and said to me, um, they've met me, they love me, um, and they come to the church and they say, you know what? This church has your spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not saying that the spirit of God is not there. What they're saying, it, it feels like I'm dealing with you. Right. With, with, with um, you, you're accepting, you're, you're, you're gracious, you know, mm-hmm. you're kind. And then you find your people start picking that up. And because um, they, they admire it, they begin to admire um, whatever qualities you have in your life. And so, um, when you look at go back and look at Hitler from years ago, you find that a lot of his people. Um, I don't know how they started like that, but certainly towards the end, they had his his ideology, his mentality, his characteristics, his charisma, mm. his style, his um, his cutthroat approach. The leader always affects everything, and to me, you know, what I wished 
when when I was I sat and uh, I, I was actually in a bank negotiation when the inauguration was happening, okay. and I actually asked my banker to pause. I asked him to pause twice in in this long teleconference I was having. The first time was when um, Donald Trump was was being sworn in. I felt out of respect. Mm-hmm. For the office, I was a soldier for eleven years, and out of respect, when they when they said attention to orders, everything stops. And so when when they were swearing him in, I asked the banker to please pause, out of respect for the the, the oath of office, and we did. And then he was sworn in. And then um, after that, I asked my banker to, to let me call him back because I wanted to I wanted to hear the speech. And what I was expecting was was this winner, the person that won the Electoral College, and became the president of the United States, the 45th president, I expect him to stand up there and be magnanimous and say, you know what, it was an ugly, hard-fought battle, um, but I want, I just want to show respect right. to, to Mrs. Clinton and, and to, to President Obama and, and, and even go back and say to President Bush and the people that preceded me and to all the people that voted against me and say to them, I'm going to be your president. Mm-hmm. And I know I said some hard things, and, you know, and, and I'm going to take this moment to just apologize to you because because it was brought to my attention that that some of the, some of the t- things that I said that were, were that were really for the most part me be me me being me right that, that some of you took it personally and and I want to spend the next 100 days in office proving to you I'm going to be the president for all the people I want to hear your concerns I want to I want him to be presidential right all he has been is petty and yes. and, and you know and, and and I'll tell you this and even the people that that love him, you know. You have to admit that there's a certain pettiness mm-hmm. about about the way he's going about government. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? And and so I, I really I really hope and my hope for him and for for the for the nation is that we number one that he sees a need for him to grow in the area of leadership and the nation realize. The extreme dangerous position he's putting us in by being the way he is, not just the way he speaks to us, mm-hmm. but the way he speaks to and about foreign dignitaries and, for, and, and uh, other nations right. and other people groups. It's just being taken personally. Gerard, let me tell you this. I lived in Germany for five years. Mm-hmm. And um, Germany, uh, in the, within those five years, their, their civilization responds to the, the, the tenor and tone of the American leadership. Wow. Um, they treated us the way our, our government was treating the rest of the world. Mm. And so when I was, and I'm, I'm going to date myself, I was there during the last year of the Carter administration. That's when I went there the first time okay. in, in, in 80, 80, 81. And, and because Carter had this kind of... Uh, um, Easy going and kind demeanor. They treated us like that. Mm-hmm. But then I, I believe um, I was there also during the Reagan years, mm-hmm. and because Reagan had a bravado about him, man, they they, they treated us kind of horribly. Wow. And so and so, however, the, the American president speaks now. The one thing that that um that bode well with the Germans was when um President Reagan got up on on the podium and said, "Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, mm-hmm. man." All of a sudden, Americans were the best thing in the world because our president was standing up for um, the, the West Germans because a lot of their families were in East Germany wow. and the wall was dividing East and West Germany. And when he said to tear down the wall, that, that, that was endearing to them. Mm-hmm. Our president needs to understand that he's not just speaking uh, for his party right. or for the alt-right. He's speaking for, the, for all Americans. Right. So that's my perspective. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. 
Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story. In stores now and available at all digital outlets. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. Heart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Heart Ramsey. It's 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 downright frightening, you know, and and what's frightening about it, for one, is, you know, all of his experience has been owning his own businesses where he's been the boss and he's right. been the yes man like he's the buck literally stops with him. So I'm not sure when and where humility will find him um, because he's not used to having to answer to anybody. Right. So so it's it's kind of scary. Let me ask you this since we're here. There has been already talk amongst the American people uh about the possibility of impeachment. Do you think that an impeachment of Donald Trump will happen? And if so, how long? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think he's impeaching himself. This is what I think. Okay, he's been in office what? 3 weeks, 2 weeks? Yeah, if that long. Mhm. Okay. You can't continue at that frantic, offensive pace mm-hmm. for four years. Right. Um, I believe that that just the way things are set up, it can't tolerate. It doesn't. Um, the, our load bearing capacity is not set up to carry this kind of load. Right. No, <laughs> I just, agree. It's too much. E- either he's going to either either. His presidency is going to break the American people and the world, or they're going to. There's going to be a backlash, and they're going to break him. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you this: what, what I do know, if if he keeps offending the Democrats because they're the minority right now, he will be impeached. They're going mm-hmm. to find because because he's given them too much to work with. Right. I right. mean, right now they have their choice of impeachable offenses, and it's, and he's just two and a half weeks in. Right. Give him some time, and he's going to – I mean, just, you give him enough rope, and he's going to do something really, really stupid because he's impulsive. Mm-hmm. And, and right now, um, there's no one around him that, that is, that is uh, I believe, either brave enough or have enough um, clout with him to tell him, listen, you have to stop. Right, right. I mean, I look, I look at, at Kellyanne Conway, um, and, and I'm amazed at the level of – what do you call that? I I don't even know what to call it. I mean, it, it's brazen, it's brass, it, brash. It it is just this idea that I can say anything. Right. I can defend this. It can be an out. And I mean, they started day one. Right. They started. You know what, what's yeah. interesting, Gerard? If you go back, but if you go back <laughs> and you and you listen to the early um, interviews with Kellyanne Conway before Trump hired her, mm-hmm. she was saying the complete opposite. Wow. She found. Go back and look. Look for these early uh, interviews. Her appearances on different news outlets, and you'll see. You hear her speak so honestly. 
about mm-hmm. what she thought about him because she's not a stupid person. Right. But but I'm gonna tell you something. Another phenomenon that you need to watch. I've seen her, and this is this bodes well for all of us to to understand. I've seen her age. Okay. From the time he hired her and she started twisting and bending truth and trying to defend the weirdness he's doing, mm-hmm. it's it's taking a, a, a physical toll on her, which says to us that our, we weren't designed to live and to speak lies. Right. Right. It's aging her. Wow. And and she's not been in that role long at all. No, it, no, she has not. She, matter of fact, she's been, I think, about October of last year. Right. And, and you go back before then, you see she's a younger, more vibrant, more honest person. Wow. Um, some things, are, we have to call some things indefensible. I, I right. tell my staff, I have a thing I say to my staff all the time. Um, I, I, when I brought my musician on, and he's, a, he's like a son to me. I love him. Mm-hmm. And we're really good friends. And I said to him, I said, don't ever put me in a position where I can't cover you. Right. I said, because in my experience, I never fire musicians. They always fire themselves. That's the truth. Because if you put, if you do something indefensible, then I can't defend the indefensible. Matter of fact, if you, when you look at the scriptures, God can't defend the indefensible. Right. He can show you grace. He can show you mercy. But if it's indefensible, all he can do is bring you through it as best he can. But it's, there's no denying that certain things, if, if I do certain things wrong, God can't say they're right or God can't say I didn't do them. Right. Right. Oh. So he he forgives me and he shows me love. He shows me mercy. He shows me grace. But I have to, I have to live with the, the, this indefensible thing that I did was at least some of the consequences of it until uh, God will show me mercy and he may restore me. But that will forever be on my resume. Mm. It's frightening. It is absolutely frightening to see what, what has happened with that administration. And I want to ask you this. As a great leader, what are some leadership lessons that people can learn from watching the Trump administration? Because I know you've seen this. I've certainly seen this in terms of leadership styles for pastors and for business people. Some have treated people like Trump is treating people now. What What do you think are some lessons that people can can glean from this listen you know um i, I think well we, let me start with, with addressing trump i think it won't be long before matter of fact i believe that even right now behind the scenes there are disgruntled pockets of trump's staffers who are just saying i can't handle this i agree i believe i believe it's going to come out and i believe so and i believe as as, as the weeks and months begin to pile up. You're going to see. Um, he's going to be. Ch- he's going to be firing people. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going to be quitting. Mm-hmm. And 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 the res- Let me tell you this. Um, you cannot lead as a leader. You cannot put your people in these uncomfortable positions. Speak to them any kind of way, mm-hmm. and then expect them to remain loyal to you. Right. Their right. loyalty, if they remain loyal, will be based in fear. But people can't live like that. But for so long. That's right. That's you know, right. and, and and I think I think that if you're a leader and you're looking at Trump's style of leadership and thinking it's a good way to lead, just know this: just be ready for a high turnover and be ready for for uh, people to to really because there's going to be a backlash to this. Yes, there has to be. Yeah, there, there have, I mean, you know, it's not the way he's not leading the way God tells us to lead. Everything about his leadership is 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 uh, uncharacteristic of what God calls a, a servant leader. He's not a servant leader. Right. And and, and, and there, you know, I got to jump on my, my soapbox right here for a minute, Gerard. That's why what bothers me with white evangelicals is that, you see, uh, I'll go back in my history for a minute. You know, um, I, my training, I, I've served for years mm-hmm. as a music pastor. I was, I was um, from the time I was born again in 82 um, 
up to ni- up to 1992, mm-hmm. I was a, a music pastor. I, I, I did I, I served as a music minister in some capacity, mm-hmm. and then for the first two years of this church, um, and actually the first three years of this church, I was the music pastor. Okay, and the, and the senior pastor. So so I have about fifteen, maybe thirteen years of of of, of um, music pastor or credentials or, or on um, leadership. Mm-hmm. And here's what I know for sure. I know that you, you, well, let me, let me say this first. I've served on the white evangelicals mm-hmm. in the word of faith movement. And, and one thing they teach you is, is how to serve. They teach you, right. they teach you, they're big on service. They're big, they're big on um, submission and authority. They're big mm-hmm. on, 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 on what good leadership looks like. Um, when I first, was training my staff. I took them through the 21 week course from John Maxwell called the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership and teaching them what's good leadership and what's not. Yeah. And then for them to turn around and endorse Trump who violates every single one in principles. Here's what it tells me. They know they're wrong. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is if the, 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 the wise ones know that, that this thing is about to blow up. Right. Because you can't do the wrong thing and get right results. That's right. They know it. And so as, as, a, as a worship pastor, what I learned, now I brought all of that experience into my pastoral leadership. And there's certain things, that, like one law, there's a law called the law of the lid. All this is John Maxwell stuff. You can go reference it. The law of the lid says that the, that the people you lead can get no higher than where the leader is. Mm. Okay. okay. The law of solid ground. The law of solid ground says if you want your people's hearts to go with you in what you're doing, then make it make it safe for them to transition with you to go where you're going. The law of solid ground says don't don't pull the rug out from under them and expect them to stand up. Basically, that's good. So there are a lot of there are a lot of laws that that, that have to do with how you lead and, and and getting the effects or the results that you want. And he's breaking every single one of these these laws. Yeah, he is. He is, and and it gets to be quite frankly very, very frightening um, for for people who are wanting to do the right thing, and you can't do the right thing when leadership is is suffocating you, for lack of a better term. So for those who are in situations uh, where they're having to serve uh, a a leader that may resemble. Um, you know, our current president, whether that's, you know, on their jobs, in their churches, what do you say to them in terms of how to to get through that? I'll say this. Number one, if you if you can um, endure it, then turn it into a benefit. Mm. Um, one of the things that God teaches us when we under that type of leadership is he teaches us to, how to be humble. Okay. How to, he teaches us flexibility. He teaches us how to depend on him, how to trust him. Um, many times um, we experience healing, emotional healing, because because those kind of those types of leaders will wound you. Yeah. And so he 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 um he causes us to experience healing from emotional and mental wounds, and 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 that way we could communicate and share that type of healing with other people. Um, don't just don't just endure it and suffer it. Let it be a benefit to you. And 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 in some cases, man. Uh, and and uh, another thing too, it will teach you how to how to be led of the Lord because sometimes you won't quit, and God will say, "No, not yet." Right, right. And He teaches you how to experience grace in the midst of hostile 
extremely hostile situations and hostile conditions and, and being verbally uh, uh, and emotionally abused mm-hmm. and, uh, um, and being mocked. And, and, and uh, you know, can you imagine how much of your soul you have to sell as, as a minority to work for a person like that? Wow. Because it is not so much that he because what he does, he's like, I'm going to use this particular pastor, for example, mm-hmm. Who sat in a in a, in a, a meeting? You saw it, it was televised with with, uh, with the president. Yes, and 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 flat out lied mm-hmm. about gang. Well, why would now? Let's 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 dissect that. Why would he do that? Well, he would do it because he feels that that's what he has to do to be to be given a place at the table. Mm. He doesn't feel accepted for who he is. He feels accepted because he's some type of benefit. And even if he has to make up the benefit mm. or, or fabricate it to be accepted, he's willing to lie. Wow. To be accepted by this man because he wants to he wants to think he's different. Wow. You see, and we have to be careful to, to, to properly analyze what that type of leadership will do to people who have wounds, who have who have insecurities, right. uh, who've come from places of rejection and, and, and probably ineffectiveness and disappointment. He, um, you could be you could be um, taken advantage of used. Mm hmm. You got it? And so um, um, I would suggest to people is allow the Lord to, to mature you, to grow you through situations like this. And I'll, be, I'll tell you right now, I, I'm a leader. Mm-hmm. I was born and bred for leadership. I've come through the right. I'm not a kid. Um, and so I have no problem being very vocal. So I have a lot of people that, like, they'll text me, say, oh, my God, did you just say so-and-so to, to so-and-so? Of course I did. Right. <laughs> of course I did. Because the thing is, is that someone has to say it. Some, if your leader is being disrespectful, somebody has to tell them, you know, you, you've been, right now, you've been a jerk. Right. Right. And, and people say, well, you, oh, my God, you don't speak to leadership like that. Well, when he starts acting like a leader. Then I'm gonna I'm treat him as such. But until then, if he wants to, if he wants to act like a child, I'm gonna speak to him as a child. Wow, because that's what that's the language he understands. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> that, that's so good. You know, because I, I think you know we see in leadership situations where oftentimes people are afraid to talk to leaders, particularly if their leadership style is not benefiting them or producing in them, you know, things that are going to be successful. So they don't really know how to address that. So how, how do you, how does somebody address, you've got a leader who is being a jerk. You got a leader who is, you know, not pulling out the best in you, a leader who is stuck in whatever their way is. How do you address that? That's a good question. And I'm going to start here by saying this. You have to know the power of words. Mm. Words are seeds. That's good. They are words are seeds. That means, watch this, Gerard. I could, I, I could say something. You've, you're married, you know. Mm-hmm. You and your wife, are having, you're, 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 your wife are having this intense moment of fellowship. It's a high volume exchange. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're, you're not seeing eye to eye. And, 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 Y'all are just throwing words at each other, for, or however you handle those kind of disagreements. Mm-hmm. And but after the argument is over with, and you go into your separate corners to regroup, there's certain things of what was said, either positively or negatively, that stay with you. Right. That means that particular word took root. Because mm. words are seeds, and that's even when we go, uh, uh, when we go out to be um, to be witnesses to those around us. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, he said, one plants, the other waters, right. but God gives the increase. And what happens to us many times is when we share Christ with, with people, if they don't respond right away with a, with a conversion or with, or, or with some type of repentance, then we feel we've failed mm-hmm. when we miss one plants. That's good. Plants what? The word. That's the right. sower sows the word. 
See, so so I can say something to a person that plants a seed in them, and then God may allow another person to come and say, give other words to the person, and now they're watering, but God in the end will give the increase. Yeah. So the way it works is, I believe that when you're dealing with a leader who is being a jerk, you have to be respectful. Don't just say respectful, respectfully or with all due respect. You have to say that, especially now, you have to understand, if they are over you to, in some degree, if you don't have this, this um. If they, if you don't have some kind of peer relationship with them, where mm-hmm. where God has established you as equals, mm-hmm. then, then, for example, when prophets walked into palaces, uh, in, in uh, historically, they didn't they didn't um ask permission from the king. No, they came and said, "Thus saith the Lord." Mm-hmm. So whenever you see me address addressing President Trump or anyone on social media, I'm not speaking to them as heart range. I'm speaking to them as a prophet of God. Mm. I'm speaking I'm speaking to them as a prophet of God. My thing my thing is them is like listen. Well, you may think what you're doing is cool, but the Lord is not pleased with it. Right, right. And I've, and I've said some harsh things. You've probably seen some of my tweets. <laughs> I'm like, I've, I've, I've beckoned his silence. Yes, you have. <laughs> I have beckoned his silence. I, I said it nicely. Yes. I'm on the show. Yes. Because he, sometimes he just comes across, he's, he's, he's always sowing discord among the brethren and agree with the spirit of God. Right. Okay, now, but if, but I said it to say now, but if you're in a situation where the person is your boss, the person is, oh, you're not peers, that's true. And so you have to come in with, and if you have to say something, you have to say, and don't just say with all due respect or respectfully, no. You, don't just say it, mean it. Right. I mean, no disrespect, but I have to say this. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing to us, what you're saying is wrong. It hurts us. Don't just say it. Just tell them why. Say, you know, when you just when you just call me up my name, I would never do that to you. And I would never, and you wouldn't have me do it to other people, people around you, people that work with me. Please don't do that. I mean, be sincere about it. And even if they dog you out and, 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 and dismiss you from their presence, you have to trust God that the word you just spoke in humility mm-hmm. will be planted in their heart as a seed. That's good. Man, yeah. that is sound, sound advice. And we're going to wrap up heart to heart right there. I think that's going to be helpful to a lot of people who are uh, at the workplace right now. Maybe you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out how do I talk to my boss? I think we just gave you some good nuggets there. If you're impacted by what you're hearing, let us know on social media. Send those uh, tweets or, or posts out and use the hashtag heart to heart. H-A-R-T, the number two, and then H-E-A-R-T. Of course, get your friends and loved ones to subscribe, share this podcast, and we'll be back next time with more great conversation as part of Encores with Heart Ramsey.